Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to Authentically Speaking. I have a great episode um, ready for you guys. I'm very, very excited. Um, Hopefully everyone had a great Christmas, as I did. It was wonderful. A lot of fun. Um, So I hope you're all starting um, your list for your goals and intentions for 2019. I'm doing this podcast was actually on my list for 2019, but I decided to start early um, and I'm enjoying it. It's been great. And you're all going to love all of the speakers that I have lined up for you starting today. I have my first guest speaker, super, super excited and honored to have a yogi, a friend, vice president of marketing at PC. G Digital, a speaker and an author. So it is my pleasure to announce to all of you and welcome um, Denise Casagrande. Denise and I did not meet in the car business. Um, it just so happens we met at Suka. And once you get to know your your students, um, you learn a lot about them. And it just so happens that I was in the car business and Denise is. Um, which is awesome. So we're going to learn a lot about her today. We're going to speak about um, being a female in a male-dominated industry, challenges that um, we face or faced or, you know, just maybe preparing yourself, um, and female empowerment. And we are going to talk about social media as well. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great episode. I'm super excited and help me welcome Denise to Authentically Speaking. Hi, welcome everyone once again to Authentically Speaking. I have with me today my very first guest. Welcome Denise Casagrande. Hi, Hi Mary Beth, how are you? I am very good. Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry How are Christmas. You? I'm well. I'm just, you know, coming down off of all the merriment from the past couple of days. So I'm happy to, you know, connect with you in this way on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. And thank you for taking the time. I know you have the day off, which is it's good. So we won't keep you all that long. But I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Just if you don't mind telling our listeners about yourself? Sure. So um, as Mary Beth said, my name is Denise Casagrande. Currently, my career role is I'm VP of marketing at PCG Digital. We are a full service digital marketing agency serving mostly the automotive community, which is a lot of fun. And then personal life, I live in Brick, New Jersey. We bought a house in Brick last year, my fiance and I, um, who we are recently engaged as well. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yay. Thank you. Seven years in the making, but we're finally taking the plunge. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, good yeah. For you. <laughs> so, um, you know, living in brick is, you know, down at the Jersey shore. I grew up in North Jersey, which everything moves a little more fast paced up there. Um, you know, it kind of vibes off of that city commute life and, you know, living down here is just so different and it's more, relaxed and it's more of a tight knit community and it's just, you know, great. And the fact that we settled in brick, you know, we have wonderful neighbors and there's kids everywhere and it's just, it's really lovely. But my summers, um, I'm still always in Manasquan. That's where my parents have a house and that's where you'll find me on the beach and 
that's what I like to do. I like to be around family and friends and uh, professionally, I also travel, you know, all over the country and I speak on auto marketing. And actually last year I added on Portugal. So I guess that's more of international as well now. So that's where I'm kind of at. And in my spare time, you know, I like to read. I love to clean my house. <laughs> so I just, oh, can you, come over <laughs> you know, I will. I just got yesterday this beautiful Dyson vacuum and it's I already did the guest room this morning and I'm, I'm ready to come over. I'll clean. It's fine. <laughs> so. Oh my God. After all the, my family was here yesterday, I need a, I need a good cleaning. Good yeah. for you. I would love to say that I love to clean, but it's just not something <laughs> that I like And you know what? Do. I grew up, I was not a clean person. Like my room was always messy growing up. I just didn't have interest in it. And I mean, we can talk about, you know, as we get going with shifts in personalities and changes, but I, as an adult, I'm I'm like a neat freak. I just, I love it. I love being organized. And um, I think that shows off a lot in my, you know, professional world as well. But yeah, I love to clean. I don't know. (laughs) That's great. You know, I was just going to say it, it does because, you know, what I'm finding is, you know, if you have a cluttered space, your mind is cluttered. And it's kind of, you know, the same analogy as having too many tabs open on your computer, Mm -hmm. right? So if your space is cluttered, your mind is cluttered. If you have too many tabs open on your computer, same thing. That's what's in your brain as well. So it definitely does go through. Like I'm in the process of kind of cleaning everything out too. Like I want a nice empty house. Like I, I don't want much, but anyway, so I'm glad that you like brick. I'm very excited that you're in brick, obviously, because we met. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just um, so happened that once we got to know each other, I found out that you were in the car business and that's where I once was. Um, and we're going to talk about that. And after being in the car business myself for so many years, I know how hard it can be being in a, being mm. a female in a male dominated industry. And I struggled with that. Um, you know, having, you know, I was director of business mm-hmm. development. Um, when I got into the car business, the internet sales had just, you know, they had just started booming kind of. So it was definitely challenging for me to kind of, you know, talk to salespeople on the floor that were really old school and to get them to embrace mm-hmm. the internet. Um, it was challenging for me. How do you do it? And what challenges do you think? Yeah, so... It's one of those things, and I was thinking about, you know, this question the past two days. And I mean, for me personally, you know, obviously, of course, you always fall into that, you know, situation where you shake somebody's hand and they don't look you in the eye and, you know, they brush you off and they really don't have, um, they really don't care what you have to say. But the biggest challenge I face, Mary Beth, is, so I'm very new to the auto industry. I've been in it about three and a half, almost four years. I've been a marketer for six plus years. But some of the women that I encounter in this business are so, um, you can tell that they've been scorned or you can tell that they've been hurt because of the wall that they have up. And, you know, dealing with that and seeing that is you can't even... uh, you know, you can't, you can't blame them. You can't be mad because they've been in it so much longer. And like you said, you know, it was very difficult for you. And, um, you know, so that's their attitude and mentality because they've been in it so much longer. Now where I've come into the auto industry, things are very much changing. And 
like you said, with internet sales, I mean, the auto industry is completely so advanced in internet. I've met some great marketers in dealerships that know what's going on and know how to do it. And, um, you know, if you know what you're talking about and if you're confident in what you're talking about, I, you know, you're not going to have a problem dealing with anybody that works in the automotive industry. You know, this is an industry based off of confidence, but it's, you can feel that rhythm or that vibe of, you know, that it used to be a lot different, especially from some of the people that have been in the automotive industry for 20 plus years. And, you know, one of the things that kills me the most is I'm very, um, you know, protective of the employees, the team at PCG. And I always have to, you know, remind myself that they are not my children. <laughs> they are, right. <laughs> they are the employees. <laughs> they are, you know, my coworkers, but every once in a while, you know, an account manager who's a female will come out of a meeting and they'll be on the phone with, you know, somebody at a dealership. And, you know, when they say, is it because I'm a woman that just, that kills me, you know, because it's one of those things where right. they've earned their spot and they've earned their seat at the digital marketing table. And I think that if everybody kind of took a step back and looked at it more of, you know, what have, what has this person earned the right to talk about? And maybe that would, you know, open up some more doors for more people to join the seat at the table or some people to let their guard down in that aspect. But, you know, I'm very blessed because I work at a company where my leaders who are both male have pushed me and guided me and, you know, put me at that table and said, you know, you can speak, get up there and speak. And, you know, one of the things that I had to really focus on the past couple of years was what have I earned the right to talk about? You know, have I earned the right to talk about digital marketing and have these people listen and, you know, understand what I'm saying and respect me? Um, So that's been, you know, I can see that still is a lot, very difficult for a lot of people. And, Um, you know, like I said, an industry that is just bred on confidence, you know, it's some people abuse that power. Right, right. You're, it's, it's, you know, it's great advice. And I remember when I was at a large auto group, um, you know, they had put me in charge of eight dealerships to run their BBCs Mm -hmm. out of one location to centralize it in one location. And I actually remember them asking me, to come to um, their their meeting once a month. It was all, you know, the dealer principals, mm-hmm. the GMs, the GSMs. And I was like, oh my God, you're asking me to speak? Like, what do you need me to talk? Like, I was right. petrified. Um, but it also just so happened at the time too, um, the VP of the company was a fan okay. as well. So that made me feel a lot more comfortable. But I did earn that right to sit at the table. And now that you mm-hmm. said that, that's the first thing that popped into my mind. And you know what? I was nervous, but I did walk in with my head high and I was confident. Um, and then I think from there, it just kept getting a little bit more easy, mm-hmm. you know, for me to, to deal with it. Um, so that's great. But what tips would you give to any women in a male dominated industry? And how do they, how do you gain respect in like, whether it be, the car business or the banking business, right? The stock market, the trading mm-hmm. floor, whatever it may mm-hmm. be. Um, how do you, you know, what would you give a, a woman, a young woman that is going into an all now dominated industry and how to gain that? Respect? Sure. Well, I think that, you know, the first thing at the end of the day is that, you know, you are 
authentically you. And there's nobody like you in this universe. And with social media today, everybody could, you know, look up to people as mentors and follow them. And, you know, I know a lot of people struggle with this where they're trying to brand themselves in an industry. And they're like, well, somebody already does that. No, there is nobody like you. So when you walk into that room, you have to remember that you are the only person in that room that has your thoughts and your feelings and your you know, charm, your charisma, that's you. So one of the things that I, you know, like to tell the people that work with me on my team is you're the thought leader of your own brain. And if you are confident in what you are saying, and if you know your stuff, you are the professional and nobody can take that away from you. You know, um, if somebody wants to, you know, there, I mean, gosh, there was, when I first started, I would have, you know, uh, people on the phone saying, well, that's not right. And this isn't how we do this. And I would have to sit there and I'd be like, but that is right. And this is the way that marketing is supposed to be. And for a while, when I was timid and new and scared, I would go, okay, no, you're right. That's not fair. And that's my biggest advice to people who start off in any male dominated industry. If you're feeling timid, remember you, you are the thought leader of your own thoughts and if you truly believe in what you're saying and if you've done your research and you know it's right, you really have to stand beside, like behind yourself with that confidence. I love that. I love that. A thought leader of your own thought. It's so, it, it, you know, and that's in any industry, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, even teaching yoga or even, you know, being a small business owner, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, so to speak. And there is nobody like, mm-hmm. or there's nobody like, there's not another place like mm-hmm. I, this is who I right. am. And I can't like in the beginning, I would get super nervous um, just about, oh my God, if, you know, a client leaves and goes somewhere else, what if, what if, but you know what? No one can teach like right. me and nobody can teach like, you know, right. who I am. Right. You know, Bailey, Bailey, Mary Beth, right. Mary Beth. And that is just, it's, that's great advice for any industry. That's actually awesome. I'm writing that down because that's, I'm yeah, good, that. good. And yet, I mean, um, and you've done a really great job of bringing out your team's talents in a different aspect, you know? So like you just said, we know that when we take a class with Bailey, it's not going to be the same way that destiny teaches. And it's not going to be the same way that you teach. And that's what leaders in the workplace need to do for the females in their environment. Um, You know, Courtney is going to be a different account manager than Lisa Grande. But if we, you know, kind of look at their techniques and what makes them them and really celebrate that at the end of the day, that's going to make everybody stronger. Even, you know, the girls on my social team, Megan is a different marketer than Sarah. And, you know, I always tell people when they start on my team is we need to find what makes you, you. And that's when we really see people excel. And we see women become more confident, you know, when we talk to them that way and build them up in that aspect. Yeah, I love that. And again, it's across the board for for Mm -hmm. everything. Um, that's great advice. Yeah, of course. So I love that. I'm definitely quoting that for sure. So since we're on the social, um, topic mm. here, I definitely want to talk about social media. Um, you know, I do think that a lot of, I, okay, but it's changing yes. everything. Yes. You know that. And I'm going to, I could talk about this for a really long time. 
Um, and it can be frustrating personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, being the VP of marketing and living in this digital mm-hmm. world, what social media platforms do you think produce the best ROI? Now, for Pete, that's such a that's such an automotive right. term, but ROI means return on investment for those of you. Mm-hmm. People. You know, once I start talking auto, I'm right, sorry, and I get all excited. Um, but which um, platforms do you think produce the best return on investment for businesses? Um, and then, what platforms do you think are the best for personal? Great. So. From a return on investment standpoint, if you are pumping money into these platforms, because let's be let's be honest here, organic traffic, and for those of you that don't know what organic is, um, traffic-wise on social platforms, it's not putting any money into anything. So when we think back of the time when you know Facebook first started and brand pages became really popular, whoever liked your page on Facebook saw your content. And, you know, in 2013, I was um, doing the social marketing for a chef uniform company, and we would post a photo of, you know, an awesome cheese board, and it would get thousands of likes organically. The traffic was insane. And then literally in the blink of an eye, one day we came in and we went down to 200 and likes, and then we went down to a hundred likes and only five comments. And it kept going and going lower and lower because what happened was Facebook couldn't keep up with the newsfeed algorithm, right? So they started to have to put, you know, the content that people wanted to see in their newsfeed um, in a different aspect. And it was a lot of testing back then to see what people wanted to see and what they didn't. So just so everybody's aware, your newsfeed on your Instagram, your Facebook, your LinkedIn, and even your Twitter now is all content that that platform knows that you want to see. So Mary Beth, you know, I don't see the same ads as you. I don't see the same content as you. Um, You know, even people in the same household don't see the same, um, you know, content flowing through their newsfeed. So, and that's based on likes, correct? No, 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 no. Is that based? It's based, no, start, no worries for interrupting. It's based off of your activity on the platform and what you're doing on your, you know, browser while you're logged into those social platforms. Right. So what I meant by like likes is if I like, um, you know, uh, Emerald, I don't, I don't know, some cooking. So I'm going to start seeing more and more posts oh, related yes. to cooking and mm-hmm. yoga. That's what, from, the, from what I like. Correct. correct. And we call that more of okay. like engagement. So, and honestly, Mary Beth, it's okay. gotten so crazy that even if you just kind of stay on a post for a while in the newsfeed, you know, what they're also tracking is how quickly you're scrolling. And if you stop and you look at a post for a while and don't click on it and engage with it, it remembers that. Um, yeah. And that I, you know, that's our next question. Yeah. So yeah. from a return on investment standpoint, you know, Facebook has done a wonderful job in my opinion on the back end and ads manager of, really helping marketers and business owners track what is going on with the money that they're putting into the platform. Um, so and what are your thoughts on spending money on Facebook? You have to, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is that Facebook yeah. is very fair with their spending. So, um, you know, Google, Google AdWords is, you know, your budgets are going to be a lot higher, but with Facebook, we're doing wonderful um, marketing for auto dealerships, sometimes only spending $500 a month for an auto dealership on a platform, you know, and that's not 
that much money. And, um, you know, I help out my, um, you know, friend's stepdad with his, um, mechanic business and we're only spending $30 a month. And we're really seeing a lot of people seeing the ads in the, you know, surrounding area and coming in and getting their oil changed because of it. Um, now, are you doing a coupon for, like, do they physically have to come in and mention, or you're tracking that from the back end in the analytics? Of both. Facebook? So what we do is okay. you can Facebook ads manager, which is another reason why Facebook, um, I feel is the best for your return on investment is you can generate a pixel code and put it on the back end of your website and you set up events, um, you know, based on what somebody's action is on the website. And so what happens is, is Facebook won't give you the information of the person's name or anything like that. But, you know, you can track how many people from your ad have filled out the contact me form or clicked on the call now button. And that's how you're able to track everything. That's how we're doing it in, you know, automotive for the dealerships. Um, You know, everything is kind of funneled in a different way. And we serve messages depending on where somebody is in the car buying process. And then, we're able to track if they clicked on the call now button, if they filled out a form for a specific vehicle, if they filled out a contact us form, and that's how we're able to track it. With e-commerce, you're even able to track the sales. Facebook's really done a great job of, you know, you're able to put a value on what a conversion is to you. So if you have an e-commerce site and say you're selling sweaters, you're really able to track the money that's coming in from your ads. Wow. That's interesting. Now, as far as scrolling mm-hmm. and often and actually engaging, now I find, and this is how I, I, I don't do a lot of paid ads mm-hmm. for Suka, um, because it's been a lot of word of mouth. Um, in you know for yoga, I've done a few, but not right. crazy. Um, but I don't. The Suka page doesn't get a lot of likes, and a lot of people will say. Well, I don't see it all the time, or I won't see the Saturday schedule until mm-hmm. Sunday. That drives me bananas. But then I have people come in and be like, oh my God, I, I love that picture. I, I want to come to that workshop. I'm like, where'd you see it? And they're like, Facebook. And I'm like, well, why don't you? Right. Like, like why, <laughs> why are you, you torturing me? Scrolling? Yes. <laughs> Please engage. I, you know, because I backed off because I'm like, am I just spending all of this time creating posts and writing content and doing all this if nobody is liking it if they're not seeing it or engaging like do you find that people more people yes then so what we do is you know and this is a term that I use um in my presentations and in the book I wrote is we want to give people a thumb stopping experience right because if you think of people scrolling on their mobile device and even think of your own activity with how fast you're going. What makes you stop on an image and engage with it? Now, that engagement also is just staring at it. So you said you had somebody come in and say, oh, I want to go to that workshop. That's still good engagement. Even though they're not clicking on it or liking it at that moment, it's still in the newsfeed. And, you know, one of the things that we preach as marketers is you have to stay consistent no matter what you're doing. You know, you can't get frustrated and Because what happens if that one person didn't see it and how much was it to, you know, attend the workshop, say it was $40. And if you didn't have that post there, you might not have even gotten the sale, you know? Right. So you kind of have to look at it in that aspect too. Okay. So stay, but is it, is it true that the more people that hit that like button, it gets pushed out more? 
on other people's teams? So yes and no. It's kind of changed through the years. So it used to be is the more people who liked your post, it would become a snowball effect. So say I liked your post, then my mom would see that I liked it. Then maybe my aunt, my friend, and they would be like, oh, what's this? I'm not personally seeing that activity happening as much as it used to, because again, the newsfeed is just so ginormous. But I will tell you the number one thing that gets that my dealerships a lot of engagement and us as a company, a lot of engagement is when we run an event on Facebook. They love to put events in the newsfeed. So when you do your workshop and you set it up as an event, that's why a lot of people are seeing it because that going or interested really starts shooting it out. Um, so that's something you might want to, you know, keep focusing on because obviously that's working for you. You know, it's one of those things where you yeah. just kind of have to find what works for you. Like when I educate or talk to dealerships, you know, I have some dealerships that do great on Twitter and I have others that their consumers aren't on Twitter and that's okay. You know, it's about finding what works best for you. But, you know, as far as an individual standpoint goes, I met a woman in Chicago um, at a digital marketing conference that she does all of her business off of Instagram and she doesn't run any ads whatsoever. And she, you know, keeps up with her stories and she posts organically every day. And she does about three posts a day to keep up with the algorithm and, um, she's killing it, you know, and she's not putting any money wow. into any advertising on the platform. So, you know, it's, it's just a lot of consistency and keeping up with it and, you know, giving people what they want or, you know, letting them read what they want to read. Right. Now, do you think it is too much to post three times a day on Instagram? A year ago, I would have said yes. And today I'm going to say no, because the, you know, the algorithm has changed on Instagram. Again, you know, Instagram has like doubled in users the past year, doubled. I mean, that's insane. So, you know, it used to be, again, if you post in an Instagram post, anybody who followed you saw it. And that's not the case anymore because they had to change the algorithm. So posting three times a day can give you more of an advantage to be in the newsfeed. Um, you know, and if you have, say, I'm somebody who sees you post three times a day, I like it three times a day. And that gives it, you know, more room to amplify and everything. So that's kind of how we have to keep looking at everything. We just kind of have to study the platforms and, you know, really um, just kind of keep up with what's going on. Wow. Now, if, if it changes so often, how would somebody like a small business owner like myself mm-hmm. know when it changes and how to keep up with all of the changes? And, and that do? is a great question because as a small business owner, you are a marketer now. You have to market your business and you have to be where your potential consumers and where your, you know, returning consumers are. And that's something that I preach constantly, even when I speak at dealerships and at conferences, you know, you're, in, you're a marketer, you, you have to know what's going on. And I mean, there's so many publications out there, social media today and moz.com, and you can go to Twitter and hashtag, you know, digital marketing and find things that's going on. And it's almost as if like you're keeping up with news, but it's what's going on in the digital world. Um, so, you know, for instance, even as a small business owner, you probably keep up with what's going on, you know, in the little communities and towns around us to see what you can get involved in. And it's got to be the same thing in the digital world now. Right. Okay. That's, that's great. Great mm-hmm. info. Thank yeah. So much. Yeah. That's wonderful. Now I do, I, we spoke about this earlier. Um, you know, 
on my insights page on Instagram, yes. my audience demographic is 58% men and 42% women. And I was super shocked to mm. see that um, for a few, for a few reasons. Um, I do have more women than I have men practicing yoga, but I do have a, a, a good amount of men. Um, but the one thing is again, it, it, with so much women, you know, everyone's speaking about women empowerment, empowering others, blah, 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 blah. I was shocked to see these numbers. Um, do you find more men are likely to, to like and to comment than women? Or how does that insights page on Instagram with the demographics work? Great question. So there, what's Facebook and Instagram, you know, are doing is they're kind of taking a consensus of who your followers are. And, you know, like I mentioned to you before, it's one of those things now where you have to take that and run with it. So is it something where you do more content that is more female based to, you know, up your followers that way? Or is it something that your content is more male, you know, centric, and that's who's engaging with you? Um, you know, could it be that just more of the men that belong to Suka are, you know, connected with you on Instagram and the women haven't jumped in yet? You know, it could be all of those things. And you kind of have to decide as a marketer, the same thing of when we say, you know, which platform works for you, it's, you know, what content works for you and your followers. Um, you know, if you want to mm. see that, you know, female, if you want to empower women and see that, um, you know female percentage of your followers go up, then you need to change your content. Um, like, and we've had this happen in the auto industry where we'll look at, uh, you know, the followers on a Facebook page. Right. And we had a Ford store in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where obviously most of the likes and the engagement was coming from men. And, you know, the owner of the store said, you know, I'd really like to get some more women engaging on the page. So what we did was we did a whole campaign with females driving the pickup trucks. And, you know, we did stats about how actually it is, you know, mostly the women that are making the decisions in the household of what car to buy. And, you know, there is a huge percentage of owners out there that are females with pickup trucks. And we did a whole campaign based around that. And we did see those numbers, you know, they fluctuated. Um, they did get followers, they did get more people engaging with them. And that was the goal. So, you know, with anything with your marketing is you have to have goals and you have to set them mm -hmm. and you have to follow them. So if that's a goal for you, you need to, you know, look at your content and change it the way um, that you think would really interact with the female followers. So they start engaging more. Okay. So again, with those numbers, it's about engagement, but it's not necessarily about hitting the like. Correct. Button. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I just wanted to make that Okay. Cause I, I was just like, wow. Like, and I don't, I am not that yoga page where you see women in yoga poses. That's something that I am right. not about. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're not, I'm not going to post the picture of Crystal walking across the room on her hands or, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's just not, that's intimidating right. to people and we're the non-intimidating yoga studio. So I really try to make it like a well-rounded page where you don't see a lot of that like this morning I posted a picture of a bag that I got for Christmas and it said teach peace mm -hmm. on it. and I actually just so happens I have a t-shirt so it's funny so but teach peace to me is a message right. that I'm, I'm trying to get across to everybody not just 
yoga teachers or not just students? How about like regular teachers in the high school? Like, let's get off, you know, freaking stressing our kids out in honors physics. And how about let's sit down and teach them about peace? One right, day. right. Um, and, you know, that's, so, that's great. And you've done a really, you know, lovely job of showing off who the people are of Suka. Like you said, if I saw somebody walking across the room on their hands, and if that's how you brand your studio, I mean, you might not get a lot of the people that belong to your studio. You know, you're posting pictures of people doing everyday poses and community and togetherness. And, you know, one of the things that um, I learned in November that I'm really striving, and so is my CEO, Glenn, is a person makes the brand. So, you know, by you posting that bag teach piece and you talking about how you're feeling, you know, you are Suka, you are the brand. And, you know, what you believe is what you, you know, kind of guide the whole company and the whole atmosphere and the employees to believe in as well. And, you know, that's something that a lot of business owners have to realize is that the brand, you as a personal brand is what makes the business. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're so great, Denise. I'm so, I'm so, I could, this, this episode could go on for. I know. There's, there's so a lot that I could <laughs> talk about. Oh my God. There's so much. Um, so a touchy subject, I think. Um, I, you know, I am who I am and that's kind of what, what this podcast is about. And it's how I teach my classes. It's what Suka's about. It's how I mm-hmm. live um, my life. And being authentic is super important to me. And I'm really trying to get, spread that word, you know, not only with my Mm -hmm. kids, but just even people that just follow me that I might not know. But do you think that the majority of the women on social media are 100% authentic? I know. 100% of the women authentic? Absolutely not. No. (laughs) And, you know, there's something to be said. Listen, I am all for people finding a mentor, letting people guide them in a positive way and, you know, letting, you know, an influencer influence the way you are and how you think and how you feel. If it's, if it's in a positive aspect and if it brings you joy at the end of the day, I am all for that. I think what we see happening is especially with social media and, you know, everyone has the phone in their hand 24 seven and, you know, mostly everybody is on a social platform except my fiance. That's no social media. Oh, no. I'm like, could you possibly help? No, he's probably, he's, yeah, smart. he's just, you know, yeah. he has his other things that yeah. he likes and whatnot, but I, you know, I, I use social media very differently than say a 14 year old girl would at this point in this day and age in 2018, right? For me, it's all business at this point. And I understand the platforms in a different way. And I fear, you know, that there are people out there, young women, especially that are abusing it. And I mean, you know, you see it, um, you know, you have young girls who are posting themselves in bikinis 24 seven, you know, it is winter, (laughs) you know, it's 25 (laughs) degrees outside. Why are you, you know, doing that? And they're doing it for, you know, the gram and they're doing it for the likes. And that's just, it's, you know, you have to try and find a, you know, a way to really, you know, put out who you are on social media and you shouldn't use it as a tool to boost your self-confidence constantly. And I think that that is what a lot of people fall into. 
and also I think younger women, I, I younger girls, um, you know, they see all of this, you know, who's what size, who's this mm-hmm. size, who's wearing this, who, you know, if they don't have confidence, social media is bringing them right. down. Exactly. Cause it's in your face 24 seven and you know, we should celebrate everybody. And if somebody is a fitness model and they take good care of themselves and they've earned the right to post pictures of themselves working out in that aspect, that is fantastic. But what happens is the people that abuse these platforms and abuse that power of being that person, that's when it, you know, it it affects a lot of people negatively. Um, So I guess it goes back to that aspect of what have you earned the right to talk about, you know, is this part of who you are as a person? Are you just doing it for likes? Are you influencing people in a different way? You know, it's all about breathing positivity. And like you said, teaching peace, breathe, you know, breathing positivity. How can we use the platforms to do more of that? And, you know, Facebook, again, I, I, I'm a huge advocate of Facebook. I work with wonderful people, you know, at the company and, you know, I really support them. But one of the things that they do a good job at is, you know, kind of trying to steer it for it to be more positive and, um, you know, be more of a giving place. I mean, look at the birthday things they've been doing where it's somebody's birthday and it's like, Hey, make a donation to this charity for me for my birthday. I mean, they're raising so much money. It's fantastic. So if everybody could, you know, channel some of the positivity into their, you know, social and help people. And remember that there is somebody on the other end that's looking at you and, you know, how are you coming across to them? I think that that's a big aspect of it too. Right, right. Now, I find that like my kids think that Facebook is for seniors, like old people. Right. <laughs> right. So the the age demographic on Facebook is now really what? Like, yeah. So you know, it's it's funny. Facebook is uh, it's it's gone through some you know changes and phases, but it is a lot of you know the older demographic. I mean. I was on Facebook in college and that's when you had to have the EDU address to be on the platform. And back then we used Facebook very different. You know, there was no advertising, there was no brands. I think one of the first, you know, brand pages was Apple and Victoria's Secret. And, um, you know, that's kind of all that was going on back then. And now it's just, I use it personally as a shopping platform. I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, I go on Facebook to shop because I get to see the ads of the products that I want to buy and I can keep up with, you know, family and friends and relatives and all of that. But, you know, the younger um, generations, I find it funny that they're using the platforms to talk to each other. They're not texting. They're talking to each other through Snapchat and they're talking to Mm -hmm. each other through, you know, Instagram Messenger. And it's more of a communication tool for them than anything else. Yeah. 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 Which is kind of funny. Um, you know, it's like my friend was telling me that her nephew was having, you know, a 40 minute conversation with somebody through Snapchat and just taking a picture of a water bottle over and over again, because you have to send a picture to be able to chat. (laughs) Oh, see, I'm not on Snapchat, so I really don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It's a a beast. It's kind of scary. You know, I don't really dabble in it too much because again, we don't, offer it as a service at PCG because the advertising is extremely expensive. And, um, but you know, it's that generation Z, the younger generation, they love Snapchat and, you know, brands, if you, you know, you're trying to really target a younger generation, you might want to start jumping in on it to see what's up. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's funny, you know, it's, it changes every day and 
you just kind of have to keep up with it and find what works best for you because every brand is authentic and every business is authentic. Yeah. <laughs> what does authenticity mean to you personally so aut- professionally? Mm. On the screen? Oh, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. So authentic, can I even say authentic? Uh. Yeah. That's okay. We're, we're, we're just the, I am who I, we are, who we are. I messed up so much already on my first two. So okay. go ahead. Authenticity. <laughs> there we go. You know, means to me just, I'm, I'm going to use this quote again is, you know, being the thought leader of my thoughts. And, you know, when I put myself out there, I am, you know, confident in what I'm saying. And I want to uphold to the reputation that I have set for myself. And it's just, you know, a lot of it is being confident in who I am. And, you know, like one of the things I look back at is when I started, first started filming videos for, you know, PCG and the videographer would give me the video and right away you're like, oh, I wish I didn't wear that or my hair looks like this or why couldn't they do that? And I'm at a point in my life now where we film something and I'm like, it's great. It's perfect because I don't even look at myself in that aspect anymore of, you know, oh, what do I look like in this? It's more about who I am and what I have to say. And that to Mm -hmm. me is, you know, really what authenticity means. You know, can I stand behind what I'm saying? Is it bringing positivity to others? Am I contributing to somebody's success in a positive way? And, you know, just being true to myself. Yeah, that's awesome. I recently, I, um, there was, I I can't remember, an author of a book it was a female and she just started recently if someone was taking a picture of her you know a group picture like hey Denise let's take a quick Mm -hmm. selfie like let me see it first before you Mm -hmm. post it let me see it no 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 we can't use that we have to do Mm -hmm. another one she stopped doing yeah because she said this is not who I was at this you know that's it, it, it is the first picture is the best picture who cares if you're looking up or your hair sticking up or that's who right. you are at that right moment, you know um so I, I I like that a lot that was uh that's being authentic at that yeah time, you know? and I think so, that that's great yeah. to look at it that way because you know like you said it's so easy to who do we want to how do we want to express ourselves in that light. And like you said, oh, that's pictures bad. Redo it, retake it. Does that bring you joy at the end of the day? Like to stand there and have somebody retake a picture? Because then what happens is you're sitting there self-consciously being like, I hope I look good. I hope my smile's on point. I hope, you know, does that bring you joy? So anything that doesn't bring you joy at the end of the day, just get rid of, you know, shed it all out for 2019. I think that that's, you know, a goal of mine this year. And I'd like to share that, you know, with you and your followers, just it doesn't bring you joy. It's just, you got to get rid of it at this point. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I'm writing that down. Too. <laughs> um, you're so good. So staying this topic and then we're, we're almost, wow. Actually, unfortunately I could stay for hours. I know. Do you find it's easier to work in a male dominated industry? Um, now this this could also go like socially mm-hmm. too, right? Like I always found like in college, I had a lot of male friends mm-hmm. and I always found it was, they were easier to be friends mm-hmm. with. Um, but do you find that it's easier to work in a male dominated industry because there's less drama, jealousy, competition, whatever it may be? So 
Okay. So I think I have a couple answers for myself from that. So this past um, June, at the end of June, I spoke at the Women in Auto Conference, and then a bunch of us went out to dinner after, and we were talking about our experiences. And again, I'm you know only four years into the auto industry, so I love to be around women that have been in it 20 plus years and we're talking about things. And, you know, I said, I've always been comfortable around men. My father owns a bar and, you know, who's really hanging out and drinking in bars and, you know, watching sports and everything is men. And I've always been around men and I've always been comfortable, um, you know, being around men. And again, I have wonderful friends, both male and female. And, you know, I think what I started to do, Mary Beth, after a while is I looked at them all the same. And it wasn't so much like, oh, well, he's, you know, a man, so he's more easier to deal with. And she's a woman and she's catty. Because when I took down those barriers of, you know, are you male? Are you female? I realized that there's going to be assholes anywhere you meet. And there's going to be beautiful, wonderful people anywhere you meet. And I've met catty men. And I've worked with some really drama-filled men as well. And I've worked with some men that have been jealous. Um, And, you know, when I took those labels away and just looked at everybody as an individual, it doesn't matter anymore, you know, whether they're male or female. It's just who these people are or how they act is just how they're going to act, whether they're they're male or female. Um, So... You know, I think it's one of those things that even though auto is more male dominated, I've met some wonderful men and, you know, the men that, um, you know, support the women in the auto industry are just really, really, really good people. And, you know, when we kind of start to realize that that outweighs the negative, then it's kind of like all the negative Mm -hmm. is just not even, it's like a non-entity in, you know, the way we're functioning or, you know, what's going on. So do you find there's been a shift? Mm -hmm. There's a shift. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a shift. Which I yeah. Love. And yeah. like I said, you know, that's why I like talking to people that have been in it a lot longer and how far they've come. I mean, you know, even the whole women in automotive conferences, you have, um, you know, speakers, women who have been in it for years and they talk about how things used to be. And, you know, even my old Facebook managing partner, her and I are still good friends. She has stories about when she used to work at, um, you know, eBay and dealt with car dealers and, you know, but I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm coming in when there is a shift and I'm not really dealing with it as much. There's been some, I'm not going to lie to you. There has, you know, been things, but yeah. um, I'm glad that, you know, it's the positive is outweighing the negative. I love that. And that's all part of the Yeah, piece, absolutely. Right? Yeah. I love that. I think that's great. I'm so, I'm glad that yes. there's a shift. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yes. You know, yeah. it's, it, the shift should have happened years and years ago, you know, but I'm glad that things are, are, are changing and, you know, you're very empowering. Um, everything you're saying, you're amazing. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. I'm so excited to have you on. We might do a part. Oh two, my gosh. But, I would um, love that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think, I think we might have to, but to bring, you know, to come to a close here, um, authentically speaking, mm-hmm. How do you hope to empower women personally and professionally? And what advice can you give our listeners on how they can do the same? Sure. So I think it's all about celebrating the uniqueness in each person. You know, like I said earlier, you know, Megan's a different marketer than Sarah. And professionally, if I could find what makes them unique and what excites them about their position, then I want to celebrate that with them. 
Um, you know, and I want to bring that to light and help them, you know, really explore that aspect of themselves. And then personally, you know, it's the same thing. It's building each other up. It's celebrating each other's accomplishments and, you know, whether big or small, um, you know, for somebody just, you know, cleaning the house or doing the dishes is an accomplishment. Well, let's celebrate that then, you know, or it could be something bigger, but if we start to really look at each other and just, you know, start celebrating every aspect of ourselves, I think that that's a great way to empower, you know, women all over, um, and let them, you know, really be who they authentically are meant to be. I love this. Thank you. You Yeah. 100%. Well, you are welcome. I meant every word. I love this. Thank you for having me come on. Oh, my pleasure. And we are going to do it again soon. So thank you everyone for joining us today. I hope you all have a happy new year if I do not speak with you. And thank you again, Denise. It's been an honor to have you, my friend. So hopefully I will see you in yoga. Six o'clock tonight. Okie (laughs) dokie. All right. Bye, darling. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.